Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. My, my name is Heath Terry. I cover the Internet sector for Goldman Sachs. Um, we're really excited to have with us today Stephen Cooper, uh, Chief Executive Officer of Warner Music Group. Stephen, I know it's an incredi incredibly busy time for you and your teams, so thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Thanks for the uh, kind invitation. Great. Uh, so, Steve, just to cover, you know, some of the basics for, for people who are, are watching that are maybe uh, new to Warner or still um, getting to know the, the company, um, what's the right way for an investor to think about what it is that you and your teams are, are building at, uh, at WMG? Well, let me, let me start with a quick overview of the music ecosystem, and, and then I'll, I'll turn to Warner. You know, we're... We're convinced that uh, music is the only global language and it's literally being woven into every aspect of our daily lives, like every aspect. And what's happened is that the evolution of the utilization of music has really created a myriad of diversification and growth opportunities for Warner. Music has gone way beyond singles, albums, and videos. Subscription streaming, you know, is uh, just the beginning of a new era in music entertainment. And what we're finding is in addition to, to these uh, subscription models, music has also become the cornerstone for a whole host of new business models from social media to in-home fitness to new, new utilization in TV and film. So what we're looking to do is be the leading 21st century digital music entertainment company that works globally as well as locally. And the way we add value, Heath, is with the with the speed at which the music ecosphere is changing and the growing complexity that it brings to, to the ecosphere. Um, we and other major labels and our publishers, you know, are now the people that enable our artists to cut through the noise. 40 or 50,000 tracks of music are uploaded every day to Spotify, twice that number to SoundCloud. So we not only are the, are the experts at cutting through the noise, we've become the connective tissue, the vital connective tissue between artists, music services, and fans around the globe. Um, so we have both the expertise to identify and nurture this talent and the next generation of superstars but we also have the ability, given the breadth and depth of our business, to reach fans across virtually every consumer touchpoint. Um, that's added to the strength of our relationships with the streaming services and this mutually supportive relationship is vital to their growth and to our growth. When they go into new territories, we go along with them. It's one of the reasons actually that we have invested steadily over the last five, six, seven, eight years on expanding our geographical reach. 
Um, so the other dynamics we see at play today, at least for Warner, is we're the only pure play global music company on the planet. We've got no competing priorities, so we can focus solely on music entertainment. We operate as one company. While we have unique brands locally, we communicate, collaborate, cooperate, coordinate on a global basis, which allows us to maximize the advantage of our scale. And we are very agile and innovative by way of integrating all of our corporate strategies with our global and local operations. So that's where we are and that's where we're heading. No, that's that, that's great. I think that gives us a lot and, and, and clearly some things we want to dig into there. You know, obviously streaming is is the biggest and fastest growing part of your your business. What do you see driving that growth? And if we're you know, if we're thinking about sort of where we are in terms of the maturity of, of streaming, um, where would you say where would you say we are in that maturity and what can Warner do to 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 influence that rate of growth? Well, Streaming is our biggest revenue source. We, when Access acquired Warner, we saw, we saw the future in streaming and we invested very heavily um, in that area. It's now our biggest source of revenue plus 70% of our total revenue. And it's still growing in very healthy double digits. Um, I think personally, we're in the early innings of streaming growth. Roughly 10 to 12% of people with smartphones have subscribed to music. Uh, so there's, there's uh, a, a tremendous amount of conversion still to take place. It's true in the biggest established markets. Um, uh, you know, we're nowhere near yet the penetration in the US, UK, Japan, Germany, France, uh, uh, nowhere near the penetration in the Nordics. And in fact, all of the, all of the forward looks believe there's still in these more mature markets, substantial growth in emerging markets. Um, growth is faster, but, but they're in their very nascent stages. So, we think that with with the with the mature markets still an enormous amount of upside with the emerging markets tremendous upside and um uh you know we do we do business with hundreds of partners around the world and as their business grows both locally and globally we expand right along with them. Um, we also see that <clears throat> the ear or audio is vastly under monetized relative to video. And we believe over time that with, with, uh, with growth, with, with changes in pricing, the value, of, the value of audio will begin to converge with the value of video. Mm -hmm. Definitely something to, um, to to talk more about in a minute. Um, but, you know, obviously this pandemic has impacted every business in the world differently. How, how would you say it's impacted Warner? Well, it's, um, 
it certainly pressure tested our company. Um, we went from uh, work from the office to work from home globally in a 24 hour period. And um, uh, it was, it was uh, stressful. Fortunately, we, we did it literally without missing a beat. And, and so it, it's done two things. A, it, it reassured us that our organization and our strategies made a lot of sense. And it really reinforced our belief in the future of music. Um, the pandemic, given that, that we've now been in this roughly six months, you know, digital has continued to grow nicely, as I mentioned, um, continues with nice uh, uh, double-digit growth. And while there was a, um, uh, a slight dip at the beginning of COVID, that's, that's recovered. So it's kind of, um, it's highlighted the underlying strength and resilience of our business. Um, Nielsen reported double-digit consumption increases for on-demand audio in the U.S. from mid-March to early July. We have had some revenue streams, uh, physical sales, artist services, sync, that have been affected by the pandemic. We're beginning to see those starting to recover, and we think that over some reasonable amount of time, they're gonna normalize. Physical obviously was decreasing before COVID and COVID has accelerated that a bit. Um, but all that being said, you know, we're fortunate to be in a sector that, that creates something that is so vital to people's lives day in and day out. It's also important to remember that while streaming is at the moment by far our largest growth engine, it's only one of our growth engines. And we continue to see enormous opportunities um, for these new business models, which are showing up every day and they're using music as really a foundational element of their businesses. You know, you can't really, or at least I can't, imagine um, Peloton without music. You know, having a trainer just say pump faster <laughs> without them sure. would be an entirely different experience. Um, social media is now delving into um, uh, music far more heavily. 18 months ago, nobody had heard of TikTok. Now it's one of the largest platforms on the planet and there would be no TikTok without music. Um, so, so while we've been impacted, um, our business has proven to be quite resilient and in many ways, uh, COVID has accelerated in a number of these areas, consumer adoption. Yeah, no, that's a, a fascinating thing to point to. And, 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 and you know, I think it touches on some of the other things that we wanna, 
want to dig into. You know, how do you think about market share? I mean, obviously, looking at the top 10 albums at the moment, you know, shows a relatively slanted, slanted picture due at least in part to some of the delays and re- releases that we've seen. But how do you see share progressing, progressing, giving your release schedule over the back half of the year? Well, <clears throat> you know, I'd wish you hadn't brought up the skewed albums, <laughs> but... Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, uh, no, no, that's quite all right. Uh, you know, one of our core strategies is to keep up a strong, ever-growing flow of new music. And we're just not satisfied to grow in line with the industry. In general, since 11, we've been taking market share. Um, and you know, our, our emphasis on new artist development has really allowed us to punch above our weight. Um, with COVID, you know, we have unfortunately experienced some shifts in our release schedule, you know, due to changes in um, recording and songwriting schedules. It has given us an opportunity to pursue more aggressively our focus on signing new talent and giving our, our existing artists and songwriters the tools and the environment they need to continue to create and collaborate. We've got dozens of in-house studios around the world. We've made them safe havens for artists to do their work during a crisis. Where that's not possible, we're trying to be more inventive. We ship out home recording kits by way of example. Um, we have worked with fan bases to create new videos. Um, with respect to our release schedule, we're, we're very, very excited about um, our back half of the year as we move into, into uh, uh, calendar um, 21. Uh, we have some huge artists coming back. They're all at the top of their game. Um, their new music is being heavily anticipated. And at the same time, we've got some really, really cool, great dynamic new artists coming through our, our uh, development pipeline. So um, I'm optimistic that, uh, you know, if we had this same discussion a year from now, you'd be saying, geez, you guys really are, are, in total command of the top 10 albums. Well, I definitely look forward to doing that in a year. Um, We'll be back here for, you know, Communicopia 30 then. Um, You know, broadly, you touched on some of those growth opportunities beyond streaming, things like like TikTok and, and, and Peloton. You know, can you quantify for us sort of the contribution that you are seeing for those those emerging opportunities? And is there is there one or two that you believe, you know, we could be talking about that has the potential to become as big as streaming is for you in the in the, the future that we could be talking about in the same way that we do, um, you know, some of those big streaming platforms these days? Sure. Um, well, from my perspective, subscription streaming is really just the tip of the iceberg. Um, granted, a big tip, but just the tip of the iceberg, because what we do see is just a whole new array of business models that are emerging. 
And as I said earlier, they all need music to work. Um, social media, VR gaming, live streaming, original film, TV content, um, they, they are all gonna grow. Um, I see um, social media as one of those sectors where the growth of music will be substantial in the short and the intermediate term. Um, we've seen uh, just over the last couple of years, uh, Facebook has moved into music. Um, Instagram has now moved more heavily into music. Uh, TikTok exploded, literally. Uh, Snap and Triller have come online. Um, Facebook just announced the uh, the uh, uh, other day their glasses, which will carry augmented reality. Um, that will open up new opportunities for music. Uh, VR gaming has begun to embrace music with. Um, uh, uh, with virtual concerts, with um, uh, artist avatars giving, um, uh, you know, live streaming concerts inside of games. All of these represent uh, for us um, uh, meaningful nine-figure opportunities that we would expect to see in the relatively near term. No, that's that's great. Maybe just to, to to dig into the TikTok opportunity because it is such a, an emerging one, um, you know. And obviously, there's a, a lot going on with the the company right now. But how do you view that that relationship? You you do have a a renewal coming up this this year. What are your goals for that that renewal? Well, <clears throat> you know. Our objective with, with all of our partners is to really is, is to really do a couple things. One is to work with them to empower innovation, uh, both with established and emerging, mar emerging models, and to ensure that we're growing the music ecosystem in literally all possible directions. When we deal with any specific partner, we look at where they are in their development because we believe that, that we should treat startups differently than we treat um, more established companies that want to utilize music versus uh, you know these global giants which already have big business in music. We wanna make sure that music is valued appropriately. So we strike a balance based upon where a company is in, in its growth stages. Um, but our goal is ultimately to optimize the value of music over the long game and pass that value onto our songwriters, our artists, our shareholders, and our employees. To answer your question specifically about TikTok, we've got a strong relationship with them. 
Uh, both they and we have a clear understanding how much music means to their platform. Um, we uh, have had, and we believe we will continue to have a very strong mutually supportive relationship um, and um, a, um, a, um, um, a, an economic interface with them that appropriately values music. Given the, um, uh, you know, their particular situation at the moment, it would be more speculation and probably be inappropriate of me to comment further than that. I do think though that, um, um, you know, it is important to note that, that while we have a tendency to, to talk about some big names, you know, whether it be TikTok, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, there are other regional and global giants, whether it be Tencent, NetEase, All Saints, Alibaba, Geo Saban, Ghana, that we have partnerships with, as well as hundreds of other local streamers around the globe, all of which incidentally, we believe we have great relationships with. Yeah, no, and that, that does lead into, into sort of that broader, broader question of, um, you know, you, you do have this sort of constant renewal process going on with, with labels, you, you are uh, with the, uh, the streaming platforms, given the number that, that, that you've got, you know, certainly um, the, the more recent uh, renewals with Spotify tend to get the most attention among U.S. investors. Um, but it's, it, you know, clearly the work that you're doing goes far, far beyond that. Um, you mentioned ARPU earlier. You mentioned pricing earlier as being one thing. Um, when you are going into these kind of renewals, what, what, are the, what are the goals? What do you have that you're trying to get out of them? And to the extent that you've got some that you've been through recently, what kind of results are you, are you seeing from them? <clears throat> well, um, while I can't get into, you know, contractual specifics, um, um, I will say that, you know, music's power attracts huge audiences and paying subscribers continue to grow. And in our latest round of renewals, I believe the terms uh, both uh, financial and operational are equal to or slightly better than they were in our, pri in our prior deal. Um, <clears throat> you know, our goals with all of our partners are to work with them to support, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, the growth of the music ecosystem. And through specific partners, we work with them to support the conversion from free to subscription. Uh, we work with them on adding functionality where they can um, uh, create higher service tiers at better pricing. We work with them on pricing experiments uh, around the globe. By way of example, um, Amazon introduced their high def tier, which is um, uh, priced at a, at, a, uh, uh, at a higher level than, than, their, than their all in music tier. Spotify has been negotiating, uh, not negotiating, experimenting 
with price increases in the Nordics and in um, South America. Um, so I think that, you know, we, we, we work with them obviously on our financial terms, but we work with them in day-to-day -day, uh, teams to collaborate and to create every day across those platforms, you know, new imaginative inventive campaigns for our artists. We're there with them when they launch in new territories, we're there with them to help grow the overall pie for everyone. And, um, you know, they are an important part of the ecosphere that we connect our artists and fans with. Yeah. So, you know, I think we are generally at a point with all of our, with all of our large regional and global partners at a point, relatively speaking, of financial stability. How important are those platforms for the promotion of, of, of Warner Music? You, you mentioned before the 50, 60,000 new streams that are added, pieces of content that are added every day. How do you prevent Warner content from getting crowded out by you know, competing smaller independent labels? You know, we've certainly seen, at least in Spotify's numbers, those, those labels growing faster than, than, the, than the big three. Um, how do you keep that from happening to Warner? Well, it's interesting because ironically, most indie labels are distributed by the majors. Um, but I initially started by saying that one of the things that we do in an environment that's becoming more complex every day is cut through the noise. And what we do is, is through our, through A, starting with, with finding the artists and the music, is through our marketing and promotion and what is a global footprint. We are able to um, align music uh, globally and, and align that music in a way that through the marketing and promotion, it resonates with fans. One of the things we found is great music can come from anywhere and resonate everywhere. And that discovery of that music coming from anywhere and resonating everywhere is what we do. That's why we have so many consumer touch points, whether it be, whether it be the music itself, um, Uproxx, a youth-oriented site, Songkick, which is a live music app, merchandise, our e-commerce operations, so that we have all of these touch points that allow us to move our artists and their music through the general clutter of the internet. We oftentimes team with these DSPs to jointly run promotions or marketing events. And, and these DSPs, um, you know, these digital, these digital uh, 
uh, subscription services, they pull music through their operations, Heath. What we do with our marketing promotion, what used to be our promotional touring, which is obviously uh, in a hiatus given COVID, we work to, to actually influence culture. And through our marketing promotion and influencing, influencing culture with our artists and their music, they push that music onto these streaming services and the fans in the streaming for services pull that music to themselves. But we create cultural icons that push music. And that's what our marketing and promotion and working with the DSPs does. Yeah. You know, we identify these icons and we work to build them. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your A&R strategy. Warner prides itself understandably on, on being able to find successful artists in the very early stages of their, of their career. Um, I think every label would like to do that if they, if they could. How do you make that a sustainable competitive advantage for Warner? Well, um, you're right. Our, our strategy is really discovering and signing talent early. That's not to say that um, in the right circumstances and where, where we think we're being financially responsible, we will be opportunistic when it makes sense. But our long-term game is discovering and signing talent um, early. Um, and so how do we do that? We've got proprietary tools where we have developed technology um, that um, scans literally billions of lines of data daily to find heat emerging from new music and new artists. Um, and, and that's a 20, literally a 24 seven um, undertaking. We invest in innovative technology um, that we believe will give us an edge in identifying new music, new artists, new songwriters or trends early. We have developed, uh, we haven't, uh, we have invested in, um, in companies that their expertise is neuro-linguistics. We have um, invested in companies that um, um, uh, tag music with metadata um, in ways that we can recognize it earlier. We invest in companies that use language as key indicators of music or artists that are emerging. Um, but don't get me wrong, it is, a, it is day in and day out with our competitors hand-to-hand -hand combat. What our philosophy does do is it gives us the patience 
to, to allow our artists to grow and mature at a natural rate, kind of like an athlete, you know, the right diet, the right exercise, as opposed to here's your steroid shot today. So because we have this view about and strategies around long-term artist development, it's the patience, the support, marrying them with, with um, record making, which is an art in and of itself. Um, many of our A&R people are renowned, renowned record makers. And we pair them with these artists. And then, as I've just mentioned, we've got the digital tools um, for both our songwriters and our recording artists that um, uh, not only help them with data, but more importantly, insight to more effectively manage their careers, but also to identify them early on. You know, when when you look at um, uh, A&R costs kind of going up across the industry, how does that allow you to, to, to manage Warner's A&R costs? Well, um, because we do find um, a, a, a meaningful segment of our roster, um, uh, these these newly discovered artists, we've got, we've got a, a roster that has newly discovered artists, emerging artists, and then the global superstars. But differently, we've got a portfolio of incredible talent. And because of the stages of their careers, that spread between uh, the, the just sign, newly discovered, emerging, and superstars allows us to balance our portfolio in economically sound ways. Yeah. You were a private company for a really long time. You've been a public company for, for a few months now. Um, how, have, uh, how do you see that changing, Warner, you know, particularly from a, a cost structure perspective? What, what, what advantages do you see for the company in being public now? Well, um, uh, so far, the experience has been um, extremely positive. You know, it's um, it's been um, uh, enjoyable uh, engaging with our our new stakeholders um, on a day to day basis. Um, uh, you know, there's there's um, now more questions that come to us about the clarity of, of how we're going to expand our revenue, expand our margins. And, and so we've been, we've been able to focus on a clearer articulation of, of how we're going to do um, a lot of that. Uh, you know, we've been able to better describe how the mix shift from physical to digital is going to enhance our margins. We've been able to articulate, we've been working on this for the last year plus, we are, we are um, uh, financially transforming our company with one 
global in the cloud platform that will save us 30 to $40 million plus or minus a year. We put in place uh, over the last year, a transformation office that looks to drive um, efficiency and productivity opportunities um, through technology and other tools that we're developing for our business. So the shift from, from private to public and further um, um, driven by COVID has led us to, um, uh, to move at a faster pace in doing a number of these things that we already had on the drawing board. Back in June, you announced a $100 million social justice fund. Last month, you, you hired your first head of global diversity and Dr. Maurice Stennett, and you've talked about the importance of, of Warner leading the way in diversity and inclusion within the, within the record and recording industry. Why is this important to you, and, and what does the, the road forward here look like for Warner? Well, you know, we, we are global. We operate in North, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa. Um, so we're a diverse, we're, we're by nature diverse. We're a very global company and, and we've got amazing people. That being said, you know, there is no doubt that we need to do better, especially at the senior management and board levels. Um, you mentioned that um, uh, we hired uh, uh, Maurice Stennett, which we did, he reports uh, directly to me, but we're doing it because we see having a, you know, an equitable, diverse, inclusive company as being uh, a company that will be stronger, both creatively and commercially. What we want is um, every person that joins the Warner family, we want them to be able to bring their full selves to work. And we want them not, not, not only to, to believe, but to feel that they belong. We believe that we, we literally believe that every person in our company can make an impact and part of our responsibilities are to ensure that they reach their highest potential. Um, Maurice has been a great addition. Um, he's an expert in this field. Um, he is able to help us go from um, thinking about it to moving to action with real programs, um, real goals, um, you know, forecasting real results and ensuring that through Maurice, through our um, executive uh, diversity and inclusion council, through our um, employee resource groups that what we do and how we do it 
both internally and externally really makes a difference. Um, we, are, we are determined to have a, a company that is reflective um, not only of the business we do, but the world we live in. And that's one of our goals. Well, that's, um, that's, that's great to hear, Stephen, and, and really look forward to seeing the prog progress you make there and across all of these fronts that we've, that we've talked about. Thanks again for taking the time to, to be with us. This has been fascinating and, and really look forward to staying in touch with you and the team. Thank you. Again, I appreciate the invitation. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, Steve. <laughs>